Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. We've got Nick Costos from You Better You Bet here on the Roman guest line. Nick, thank you for joining us. What's going on? How are we doing? We're good. I want to ask you about the Seattle-Houston line. It opened up Seattle minus six and a half. It's drifted north really fast. I think some places are at nine. It's possible potentially it'll reach 10 by game time. Uh, do you think there's any value in taking the Texans at any point, no matter what the line is? Wait, is this the, this number is at, oh, yeah, I see it. It's Bet Rivers. Yeah, it's gone up to eight. Yep. Um, it, you, it's, you're seeing nine, nine and a half. Is yeah. that true? Yeah, I saw a nine on, I, I forget which book I was looking across. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I would I would never bet Seattle at that number. I would actually consider betting Houston at that number. I don't think I'm going to bet this game at all. Um, Seattle hung a big number on San Francisco last weekend. Obviously, scored 30 points. But Russell Wilson is, like, not actually back, back yet. Now, maybe this is the week he is back. And if Russ is back, like, they're going to put a huge number on Houston. And Houston generally plays, I feel like, pretty non-competitive games when they lose. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that if Russ is back, they're going to kill. But we don't know if that's the case yet. Um, they had I think, 250 yards of total offense outside of the 73-yard uh, big punt touchdown that they scored early on in the game. San Francisco turned the ball over a boatload in that game. So I actually think I think I'm passing on this game entirely. Like I don't even think I would tease Seattle. I feel like there's a lot of potential volatility involved in this game. I wouldn't be shocked if Houston kept it close. I wouldn't be shocked if Houston won the game by, by 20. So I actually think I'm going to stay away from this one entirely. So no bet for me on the Seahawks and Texans. Nick, I got to ask you about these games tonight. But, but before I do that, number one, some guy tweeted that he tailed you on the anytime touchdown prop. Like, what was that? Because now the, the tweet is deleted. Like, I thought he won like 20 grand off of you. What, what was that about? The guy, the guy deleted the tweet. What's up with that? Yeah, yeah. he apparently sent me a tweet. Um, yeah, I had a great anytime touchdown prop day on, uh, on Sunday. We hit, um, I'm going to try to remember. It was like everyone basically whose name starts with G. We hit Jalen Guyton, Kenny Gainwell. Jimmy Graham um, and like one other that I'm that I'm forgetting at like ridiculous prices and like they all scored and I guess like listeners do this and like I don't tell them to do this but I guess like they like they do like to say like they parlay all the anytime touchdown scores which you can do with a bunch of sports books and like won like insane amounts of money like some dude won like a thousand dollars on a three dollar bet yeah so that guy tweeted me that he won like 40 grand or something off of uh off of the anytime touchdowns oh I still see it here it's not deleted yeah it was Ryan Griffin Kenneth Gainwell um, and then a bunch of other props that I had, Jamal Williams over rushing yards. Yeah. So this was a, it was a, it was a really good prop day on Sunday. So yeah, I was very happy about that. All right. Well, can you give us a good prop day tonight? Do you have any props that you love in this game? I'm on Najee Harris. I'm pretty, pretty much everybody's on Najee Harris. Uh, do you have anything for Firemouth? Any guys that you love tonight, anytime, or just whatever places you have for this Thursday night matchup? Yeah, I'm on Bet Rivers right now. I just want to make sure that none of these numbers have moved like out of range, really, where I, from where I gave it at the end of you better you bet. So let me just see what Dalvin, Dalvin 63 and a half. Um, I love that over. Um, and I understand like the reticence people might have to bet Dalvin, given that he's coming off the injury and they're like, listen, this is a desperate act by a desperate team with a coach who knows his ass is on the line and Mike Zimmer. Um, otherwise, there's no way they'd be playing Dalvin Cook in this game. Um, he's going to be playing with a harness, which obviously makes you concerned. But then you have to remember that, you know, Dalvin played the wild card playoff game against New Orleans um, a couple of years ago, the game that Minnesota went into New Orleans yep. and beat the Saints in overtime. Um, and he went for over 100 yards in that game. And the report is he's going to get a full workload. You think Mike Zimmer cares about running this, this poor young man into the ground? <laughs> Not enough. I don't Not think enough. so. So, uh, so Dalvin over and, – and generally, when the Vikings have a run – so, like, whether it's Madison or Dalvin, one guy generally gets all the work. But that's generally what we see happen with the Vikings. So, Dalvin over 63 and a half rushing yards. A pair of uh, receiving overs that I like. 
Uh, the Claypool number's gone up a couple yards. I don't care. Uh, 53 and a half for Chase Claypool. I like that. Um, he could go over that in one catch. He's that type of deep threat. I think he's awesome. Um, I love his athletic ability. And this Minnesota secondary just got torched by the Lions. So I certainly think Chase Claypool is capable of having a big game. And the Justin Jefferson number is up to 95 and a half now. So this has gone up a couple yards also from you better you bet. Um, I, I know the number is sky high. I actually think it, it, it should be triple digits. I think his prop number should be triple digits tonight. I think he goes over 100. So, like, I normally don't make plays like this, like, guys, this guy high. Um, but I have to do it tonight. I actually think we're getting value on Justin Jefferson. And I do have a couple anytime touchdown props I can give you as well. For sure. Um, for the Steelers, um, with Eric Ebron on IR, Zach Gentry, of course, the immortal Zach Gentry is, is Pittsburgh's number two tight end. He actually got a red zone target last week in the win over Baltimore. It has received red zone work this season. So I think this is like pizza or beer money. Like, I'm not saying put like a full unit on this. Like, have some fun with this. Zach Gentry plus 800 anytime touchdown. And for Minnesota, we generally see their, uh, their concentration down in the red zone be like be targeted into just a couple guys. Like, this is not a team that has like randos catching, like, again, like, uh, targeted by Kirk Cousins in the end zone. So I'm going to look at a pair of guys tonight. One is Tyler Conklin, the team starting tight end, mm-hmm. who got targeted like a billion times in the end zone and scored a touchdown last week against the Lions. And the other is Norman's uh, grandson, KJ Osborne, the Purple Goblin, mm-hmm. plus 255 with Adam Thielen out. So Gentry plus 800, Conklin plus 250, Osborne plus 255. That's down from plus 275 earlier in the day. I think we, we get one of those, I would say, tonight. And hopefully it's Gentry, and we'll, uh, we'll ride into Sunday from there. Uh, Nick, one of the bigger games on Sunday, obviously Cleveland and Baltimore. Cleveland at home, and they're coming off the bye. So now Baker Mayfield, I mean, he's had two weeks to get healthy. Lamar does not look good right now, obviously. Which quarterback do you trust in this situation? Two guys that are both struggling and both looking to get paid this offseason. Whoa, whoa, don't you have beef with him? Are, are, are you guys are you guys are friends now? Just ask them, don't you have beef? Oh, Nick, do you really? I don't think that the people really care a whole lot. I was going to ask you about uh, the Giants Green Bay 2007, but that I think that's for another time. Maybe I could yeah, pop there's, on. There's, there's, there's no beef. The Giants I, went into Lambeau and won the game. Yeah, the exactly. Your team won. All I'm saying is I think that my team also would have beat the Patriots. I think the Patriots were cooked. I think okay. he's, I think you like, saw, no, I think you saw that like, against like, the Ryan, Chargers. Like, when, you, this is exactly what I wanted. Yes. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, I, I, I love you, buddy. And look, I, I agree. I, I think I know what you were going to say. I bet the Chargers in that game plus nine and a half. They lost 21-12. They covered yep. four naked field goals. I think the Chargers, if Rivers and Tomlinson aren't hurt, they would have won that game. But let's be real here. Like, in all seriousness, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I, I, I'm not a homer, and I'm not saying you are. <laughs> but, like, I am not a homer. I just call it like it is. The Packers would have gotten killed by the Patriots in that game because McCarthy would, would not have wisened up and been able to do what, what the Giants were able to do in that game defensively against New England. Like, period. Like, sorry. That's just the case. And oh. I'm not saying that because I'm a no, Giants actually, fan. No, actually, 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 that was a good version of McCarthy. Yes. That's before the game passed them by. Yes. You may be right that Dom Capers would have gotten Aiden alive. I don't know. They were pretty solid defense that year. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers plays in that game against the Giants, they also beat him because he doesn't throw that bad Rogers interception. Rodgers never made an NFL start at that point. You think Rodgers <laughs> wins that game? He I do. I do. I do. I do because... I do. I do because you think he beats the Giants? Yes, Come yes, on, man. Yes, yes, I do. Because two years later, he should have beat Arizona too and Kurt Warner, but he got pulled down by the face mask. You just said you don't think I'm a homer. I'm the biggest homer. So again, we can't really have no, this clearly. conversation. I mean, you're just exactly. wrong about that. That's your welcome hearing for opinion. And here's the thing. Ravens Browns. My team won Week and then 14. they won the football. Anyway, to the Ravens. I mean, yeah, the Packers would have beaten the Patriots. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> you're the Packers would have beaten the Patriots as in 2014. I still can't believe that the Giants beat the Patriots. Seattle. If they anyway, play that game, the Ravens and the Browns. Boys, yeah, boys, yeah. Ravens, Browns. Let's settle down. I mean, it's just like that's that's just like an erroneous comment. Ravens <laughs> and Browns on Sunday. Uh, Ravens two and a half point dogs in Cleveland. Um, 
Uh, I make the game Cleveland minus like one or one and a half. So yeah. I, I think Ravens plus three is going to be a bet for me. Um, we got to see the injury report, what it looks like tomorrow. Baltimore's obviously the walking wounded. Harbaugh went for two on Sunday because they have like no healthy corners, which is problematic. But I think three becomes a pretty valuable bet with Baltimore. And I actually want to um, bring another game into uh, this conversation as well, because they're right next to each other on the odds board, and that's Atlanta and Carolina, where we have identical lines and almost identical totals here. So Baltimore is a two-and-a-half-point dog in Cleveland. Atlanta is a two-and-a-half-point dog in Carolina. The total in the Falcons-Panthers game is 42. The total in the Ravens and Browns is up to 43. Whether the totals go up a little bit, these are still low total games. So here's what I want to do. Plus three, Baltimore, I bet the Ravens. Plus three, Atlanta, I like the Falcons. If the numbers stay in this range, two and a half for both, I think teasing both these teams, Baltimore and Atlanta, up to eight and a half or eight, depending on where the number goes in low total games, I also feel like is a winning bet coming up on Sunday. Ooh, let's talk about the uh, Bears playing the Packers. Aaron Rodgers obviously owns the Bears. Uh, Lines 12 and a half. Uh, I'm going to play the Packers anyway. No Cobb, though. Uh, Got me thinking, at what point would you jump off Green Bay and take Chicago? What would that line need to be? Uh, Right now. now. Uh, Chicago or nothing for me. Yeah, I mean, I I think the line should be 10. And I kind of want the Bears to win now because Horvath's annoying me with his Packer. Green Bay is going to win the game. I don't think there's any way the Bears win. But but over – Line over 10. Um, I like Chicago. I think we wait for a 13 here and see if that pops, although it's minus 110 either way. Uh, I think we could get a 13 around kickoff. And if we do, like that's a green light go smash spot on the Bears here. That doesn't mean that the Packers can't or won't win the game by 100. Rodgers obviously does own the Bears. Like they could put up a big performance here. I really just think the number should be closer to 10 here. So I think that this is like you're paying the Packer tax in prime time to bet them here. So uh, Bears plus 12 and a half. But like obviously, I want to wait to see if I can get a 13. If not, I guess I'll probably bite the bullet because it's a primetime game. And all that, you know, if if you want to root against me on this one, Nick, you actually have to go Packers. I'm on the Bears here. Thir- that's, that's, all right, let's go. That's too, many, too many Why points in the divisional matchup. If, if, in, even though Justin Fields is a little bit of a disaster, I trust him. Also, um, so, man, not, now, I'm all, now I'm all rattled. I, I was joking, Nick. I know that the Patriots would have beat that Packers team, but I he will doesn't. tell you this. He that doesn't. is a top three of he my – No, Nick, that's – hold, hold on. Hold on. That was top three of my favorite team all time in Green Bay Packer history because it, it was the last year of Favre. They were projected to win six games that year, mm-hmm. and they went 13-3, and three, mm-hmm. and they actually did it off of their defense. But anyway, you're right. The Patriots would have rolled them. I just want to clear that up. What's that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's cleared up. There you go. It's, it's clear, cleared, Nick. I thought I cleared it up early. It's clear. I'm still proud. Of, I'm still proud of you guys. I, I, I was more, guys, guys, guys. You can settle this on Twitter. What the a real football game is being played Sunday? I don't know if you guys know this. You guys are asking the wrong questions. Are you going to be talking Washington about Washington football game? team against oh the Dallas God. Cowboys? Washington, they are a four point dog at the crib. I've been rooting against the freaking Washington football team. I've been betting against them the last three weeks, and I've lost money three straight weeks. But I'm back at Me the too. well. Okay, the Dallas Cowboys four is the number now. What are you doing in this game? One thing I love for the next five weeks for Washington is the unders. Under 48, any of these NFC East games, please and thank you. But what do you have in this game, Nick? I I lean towards the under. Um, I haven't played it. Um, I like Dallas. Um, And the thing that worries me, Quentin, now is that I feel like everyone likes Dallas. Like, we have had a bunch of guests on our show this week. And, like, literally everyone likes Dallas. Same. Dallas is tied for my favorite play of the week this week. We'll get to the other one, I'm sure. Dallas is Penn's favorite play of the week. So, like, we all love Dallas, which probably means Washington's going to win outright. But, yeah, I mean – like on-field handicap and the number all like tell you Dallas here. Like, watch the no Montez wet for Dallas, right? Or for Washington, excuse right. me. Um, unvaccinated on the COVID list. Um, I think Dak and Dallas are fully healthy. Dak should bomb them down the field in this game. And the number's ridiculous. 
I, I make the number five and a half or six. We had pro sports better Rob Pozzola on our show today, who I really respect. He makes the number Dallas six and a half, which is like a major difference from six and a half to four. This was three and a half the other day. Like, that's easy for Dallas. Four would be my entry point for Dallas if you can't get a three and a half. Um, never Washington, only Dallas. So, uh, yeah, let's ride together on this one, buddy. I'm with you on Dallas. What type of movement do you think we see in this game, like, prior to kickoff? Like, you know, we got those teams every week that just get a whole bunch of traction right before the kick. Do you think this game moves past the four, four and a half, or is it going to stand pat? Ah, oh, man, it's a great question. Like, Washington's starting to get some market respect right. here. My, my guess would be, and I could be wrong about this. I, I definitely could be. I think it's much more likely to go up um, in Dallas's favor than it is to go down because, like, this goes down to three and a half. Like, it is not going to last. Like, too many people like Dallas, too many smart people like Dallas. Now, smart people lose, so I'm not trying to be like, oh, like, if you like Washington, I'm not saying I'm better than you. I could be wrong. But, like, that's my sense is there is that the line is more likely to go up than it is to come down. Do you think that the uh, Tony Pollard news and Micah Parsons on the injury report is meaningful in any way? No, nah, well, Parsons, I think if he doesn't play, like he's not like valuable to the point spread, really, but he's obviously like a massively important player. Yeah. But I really think the handicap comes down on the other side, right? It's Dallas's offense versus Washington's defense, I think, is where this game is decided. And look, like Pollard's awesome, but like running backs don't matter and they have Ezekiel Elliott, yep. so it's fine. Nick, you said uh, you had one other play that you really liked this weekend. Which one was that? Yeah, give me the Buffalo Bills, guys, plus nice. three or plus yeah. three and a half <laughs> on the road. I agree with you. Nick, nice. I love there you. There we go. Now. Come on, Nick. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, you know, they played Monday night, and I know Sean McDermott got pantsed by Bill Belichick. It was a bad look. Um, that game was played, and I'll try to keep this really short. That game was played in a winter wonderland. Um, and the Bills, and this can be a critique of the organization as a whole, like they're built really for like a dome or to play in the warm weather. Yeah. And I think that kind of manifested itself on Monday night against the Patriots. Guess where they're playing this game on Sunday? Uh, Florida. And the weather is going to be warm. And I think they've got a major matchup advantage up against Tampa's um, injury-depleted secondary where Jamel Dean is not practicing. No one there can cover Stephon Diggs. I think this is a game where Josh Allen airs it out and slices and dices the secondary. And on the flip side here, I actually kind of like the matchup where I think Buffalo can get pressure on Brady with their front four. Losing Tredavious White, obviously, is not ideal because he could have shadowed Mike Evans here. But I like the matchups here for Buffalo. I think the Bills can win this game. So three, three and a half easy play for me on the Buffalo Bills. Again, that doesn't mean that it's a lot to win or cover, but like an easy bet to put in tied with Dallas for my favorite bet of the week. All righty, Nick, thanks for joining the show, big dog. And uh, uh, can you give us your, uh, your slogan before you get out of here? Oh, I, I would love nothing more. Quinton, Ryan, and Trista wishing you guys and all your great listeners and viewers on BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network. Minimal sweats, winning bets, and the absolute very best of luck. I love that. It's like Nick. a kiss of death. And uh, you and Ryan, you guys piece it up, okay? You guys sing, sing and hold hands as we get out of here. Thanks for joining the show, Nick. 